Amen. Well, did you have a good week this week? It's good to see all of you. I mean that. Thank you. All of you. All of our guests. Thank you for being here. Those of you that have been on vacation, thank you for coming back. It's good to see all of you. Well, y'all, I've got a little humor for you, but it's just a little corny. But, you know. Anyway, if it just puts a smile on your face, then that's all that matters to me. So here it is. You ready? Waiter. The waiter asked, how do you like your steak, sir? And the man said, like winning an argument with my wife. Waiter, rare it is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So uh, Janet said, Wayne, I'm going to Kansas because Trey and Brooke are moving uh, from the third floor to the first floor and they're moving buildings. It's the same apartment complex, but they're moving. And I said, oh, no, you're not. And she said, oh, yes, I am. And I said, oh, yes, you are. (laughs) Well, you know how mamas are, right? All you mamas, you know, if your babies call you, you come running. Whether that's two minutes, 20 minutes, or 12 hours, that's just what you mamas do. Love all you ladies. Appreciate all you men. So I need to just give a little disclaimer for this message before I get into it. Number one, it's going to be probably a little difficult for you, not because I'm coming here to judge you. That's not it. Um, it's going to be difficult because what I'm going to speak about this morning is not typically in our wheelhouse. What I would really like to do, to be honest, is to sit down with about six or seven of each of you and do this lesson individually or like with six or seven, because it's more really a, just a small group study than it is um, to do what I'm doing today. But I don't know how to meet with six or seven of you through the week and do this. So I'm going to do it now. All right. But I am going to ask you, please do your best to stay focused and to ask the Lord to help us to receive what he would have for us. Okay. Because what I'm going to speak on this morning is not necessarily for when we come together corporately and worship. It's really more for when you face life tomorrow. Because I'm very, I'm, I think about you all constantly. And I know that you're only in, our, in church for about an hour, hour and 15, 30 minutes on Sunday morning. You live the most of your life out there. And it's one thing for us to come and worship corporately like we did this morning. It's another thing to live victorious out there when you're fighting your battles and that's very important to me and so I will tell you I'm always trying to be transparent with you I will tell you that I am personally just um, needing to hear this message and it's not a message that I am really hearing preach a lot so I'm gonna let me just say it this way in all honesty I'm really glad you're here but to tell you the truth I think I'm preaching to me more than I'm probably preaching to anyone. And I mean that. So, Father, would you just help us, Lord? I know I'm going to be a minute. 
So I might as well be honest and say, help us for the next 40 minutes to stay focused and to let our minds and our hearts, Lord, we're here in our bodies, but many times, even though we're here in our bodies, our mind and our hearts are somewhere else. So I just pray, Lord, help us to be congruent in spirit, soul, and body to receive what I feel that you would say to me and help me, Lord, to say it to your people and may it be received in the spirit in which you have given it. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. amen. All right, God bless you. You can be seated. I'm going to be taking my thought from the gospel according to St. John chapter 15 and also chapter 17. So let's dive into this. You know, for the past two years, we have been through a global pandemic And then locally, this region, we've been through two hurricanes. We've been through a tropical storm. We've been through a hundred-year flood. We had a very severe freeze. Um, Not to mention that we had a horrible tragedy when we lost one of our very own in Logan Copeland. Not to mention uh, what you as individuals have gone through with your own personal health issues and your own family and your own finances. And then not only that, but we know as Christians, we, we can sense, I think you would agree with me, we can all sense that the world, the spirit of the world has changed in the last two years. It's just, it has changed. What we're dealing with now is social unrest we're dealing with a lot of just, there just seems to be no, uh, there's, how do I say this? There's just not what I see as a lot of kindness toward our fellow man. Social media is just, it, it can be downright brutal. Am I missing this or am I with you? You're with me and we're together, right? I mean, it's the, the climate The spirit of our world has changed. Do you agree with that? And so we are dealing not only with things regionally, but we're also dealing with things globally. And I just wanted to pause here today and talk about what we are facing as a community, as a nation, and globally, because not only did as a region we go through all of this hurricanes and storms and dealing with insurance, but now we're facing inflation. This is the first time I can remember going to a grocery store and seeing a lot of the shelves bare. We hear about war in Ukraine. All that is going on in our society, and for the most part, unfortunately, it's not positive. Would you agree with that? And we're dealing with all of that. And then I come across uh, an article, November 2021, in a magazine that is circulated amongst uh, Christians. It's called Christianity Today. And this is what it said. It said they did a survey and it said that 43% of ministers said they would rather get out of ministry than stay in. 
in an effort to always be transparent with you. I have felt like that for the last two years, the Lord has just really strengthened me. And I have felt strengthened. But I'm going to tell you in transparency, the last couple of months, I have just, I have felt weary in my spirit. Now, I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me. I'm not anywhere giving up. I love what I do. Want to continue to do it for a long, long time. But it almost seems like the past two years of me fighting with insurance for my house, fighting with the insurance for this church, it seems like that every day has kind of been a fight. And the last couple of months, all of a sudden, it just kind of presented itself. And, you know, I want to tell you, like you probably want to tell me, we're okay. We're doing good. All is well. And in the big scheme of things, when you look at other nations and war in Ukraine, we are doing good. We are blessed. And we are going to be okay in Jesus' name. Can I get a witness? But at the same time, if I'm honest with myself, and I always want to be honest with myself and with you, I think that many of us are living in a time where we just feel depleted. And we're going to put on a good face. Again, I don't need anybody to come up after service and say, Pastor, I'm so sorry. I I don't need that. But here's what I'm talking about. Just to give you an example. Studies show that before the pandemic, there were 10 incidents globally of people behaving badly on planes. Last year alone, there were 500 incidents of people behaving badly on planes. This year alone, there's 350 incidents. You say, what does that mean? It means that if you're on an international flight, there is a passenger so irate, so angry, so whatever, that the pilot literally has to turn the airplane around and fly back to its point of origin to let that disgruntled, angry, whatever passenger off the plane. It was 10 globally before the pandemic. Now it's 500 last year, 350 this year. What are you saying, Pastor? Here's what I'm saying. Humanity as a whole is not well. We're not. And I know this is not rah-rah in the troops this morning. But I'm going to always be transparent and open with you. Humanity, what this tells me is we're not doing well. Something is going on. And I'm seeing it in myself. I am even seeing it in Christian circles. We feel depleted. And listen, please, I need you to stay focused. The enemy of our soul sees an opportunity to cause us to lose faith. 
I am seeing, not, not hearsay, not people telling me so. I am seeing with my own eyes veterans starting to lose their faith. Because after a while, the enemy, brothers and sisters, there's one paraphrase that says the enemy wants to wear out the saints. That's what he wants to do. He wants to absolutely let life wear you out. It's like insurance companies. They want to fight you tooth and toenail for two and three years so that you just finally give up and say, okay, give me 5,000, I'll take it. Whatever, I'm just tired of dealing with you. And that is exactly, I feel like, where many people are at right now is life has depleted them and then the devil jumps in in that depleted moment and tells you, well, if God was so good, why ain't he healing your mama? And if God was so good, like pastor says, why didn't you get that job? And if God really loves you, then why didn't he answer that prayer? Why didn't he bring that check in the mail? Because trust me, the enemy does not not want you in covenant relationship with God. He wants, listen, he doesn't want your car. The devil doesn't drive cars. He doesn't need your house. The devil doesn't live in houses. He's a spirit being. The devil doesn't need your 501 or 401k. The devil is after one thing in your life. He is after your faith and your confidence and your trust in God. That's what he wants. And if he can get you from the front row to the middle row to the back row to the out there, not that anybody's on the back row is not good. That's not what I'm saying. Love all you back row people. Thank you for the back row. Love the back row. What I'm saying is, as I'm just making an analogy of a progression, right? We, we just, we just kind of start gently slipping back. And before long, we're not seeing you. And then you get out of the habit of coming, and then the longer you don't come to church, the easier it is not to come to church. Because the devil convinces you, well, nobody's called you, nobody's texted you, nobody's checked on you, all they care about is your money anyway, so why even show up? I'm here to tell you that the devil is a liar, and he doesn't care how he steals, kills, or destroys, he just will wedge himself in there any way he can. Am I telling the truth? And then at that moment, he pounces on us. The enemy pounces on us. And he tells us all of these things. Now, here is what Paul tells us in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3. Paul tells us, he says this, Let no man deceive you, for that day shall not come except there be a falling away first. And you know what I am seeing with my own eyes? Good people, good people are just saying, I just don't know if I can continue to do this. It's just, it may be working for you, but it's just not working for me. I'm glad God answers your prayers, but it doesn't seem like he answers mine. I'm glad you can feel God, but I just don't seem to be able to feel God. And the enemy pounces on that. And there is, ladies and gentlemen, going to be a great falling away. And you and I better be careful because I'm going to tell you, I didn't get in this to get out. I got in this to finish strong and to be saved. 
But make no mistake about it. It don't matter to the devil that I'm a preacher. It don't matter to the devil that you've been a veteran saint for 50 years. He never takes a vacation and he never gives up. He wants you to think that God is not for you, that God is not answering your prayers, that God is not going to bless you, that God does good for everybody else, and everybody else has the testimony, but why not you? And I'm just here to remind all of you sweet brothers and sisters, you know this, but hear it again, the devil is a liar. And if God be for us, who can be against us? So you say, okay, pastor, how do we, I'm hearing you, I'm listening. So how do we go about this? How do we resist this? First of all, just know this, that everyone in this building, everyone in this room today has probably had some type of heartache, some type of loss, right? Some disappointment in your life. But in that moment is where this dark cloud begins to roll in over us. And so here's what I'm going to encourage me and you to do. First of all, I encourage us to reject the presence of the enemy in our life. What what does that mean, Pastor? It's just real simple. I reject you, Satan. I make no agreements with you. Here's what... The book of James, which James was one of Jesus' half-brothers, here's what he said in James 4 and 7. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. In other words, brothers and sisters, you got to get this. This, this. this stuff doesn't go away with wishful thinking. We should say things like, devil, I'm not cooperating with you in this. I make no alignment with you. I don't welcome you. In fact, I resist you. You're not welcome here. Why? Because we know that the enemy's agenda is to steal our joy. It is to destroy our dreams and it is to kill our passion. That goes for me just like it does you. And I've been having to speak to my own mind, to my own flesh, to my own home and say, you know what? I am not going to allow this cloud of darkness to stay over me or in this house. I know that the Lord is with me. I may not feel that he is with me, but I'm not walking by my feelings. I am walking by faith. Is this resonating with anyone? Okay, so what we need now for me, I'm preaching to Wayne this morning, and I hope that it's helping you. But what I need, even though I'm a pastor, even though I I absolutely love to study and read and be in the presence of God, I'm still talking to all of us that what we need now more than ever is union with God. Why? Because the soul is healed when we are in union with God. Every one of us, all of us in this room, we need to experience God. We don't just need a knowledge of God. In fact, just knowledge alone can puff us up. That's the Bible. It can puff you up. Just get a bunch of knowledge and do nothing with it. So we don't need just knowledge. We don't need just, you know... 
uh, to have, uh, you know, some scriptures memorized. I'm saying that we need to experience God. You say, Pastor, what do you mean by that? Okay, I'm going to just I'm going to just form this in a question. Why do people go to concerts? Why, why do men enjoy going hunting, men and women? Why do people want to go down a, what's called a white water rafting? Why do people want to do that? Why do people want to buy new clothes? So I asked you a question. Here's the answer. Because we like the experience of going to a concert. We like the energy. We like it. We like to feel the music. You know, I love that drum line when they start. Boy, I just want to start. Oh, MJ going to come out of me in a minute. Yeah, dear God, have mercy. Where's that stuff come from, Sister June? I told you I need prayer. I want to. Oh, yeah. I, I know. Hey, I'm telling you, I need a lot of prayer. I do. Because then I start listening to the, the BG. It's just emotions that's taking me over. Thank you, Sister Ruth. I need prayer. I'm telling you, I need prayer. What are you saying? I listen to music. You know why? Because I want to feel it. Have you, ever, have you ever pulled up beside somebody and they're doing like this? And you ain't hearing nothing. They're hearing something. They're feeling it. You know, and you're like, oh, yeah. Why do you want to go to a concert? Because you want to experience it. You want to feel it. I know that was all silly, right? That was very silly of me to do what I just did. But I made my point. Why do you want to go hunting? Because it's the thrill. It's the experience of the hunt. Why do you want to go down white water? Because you want to just make sure I can do this and not drown. Why'd you go to Astroworld in the day when it was still open? Because I want to ride Grease Lightning because I want to feel that in the pit of my stomach. Have I made my point? Then why, ladies and gentlemen, during the week and during on Sunday, do we come and sit like little Indians and say that we're okay, you know, with three points and a point? No, we're not. God wants us to experience Him. He wants us to experience union with him. Have I lost you? You got a few more minutes for me? See, this is why I'm encouraging you. We need a moment in every service where we experience God, where we feel the presence and the power of God. Why? Because God's presence makes all the difference in our services, in our lives. God's presence strengthens us for the journey ahead. God's presence helps us to face the onslaught of the enemy and life in all that it takes from us. Did that just make sense? All right. So our soul, say my soul, soul needs union union with God. 
See, people are tempted to say, well, I know God's good. I know God's good if he heals me. I know God's good if he takes care of my problems. I know God is good if he opens that door. And ladies and gentlemen, all I'm coming gently, lovingly, kindly, coming alongside of you and saying, if you're a believer, you've got to know that nobody has ever loved you like Jesus loved you and did for you what Jesus did for you and I on the cross. You say God needs to prove his love. He did when he sent his only begotten son to die for you and I. He did do that. So just because the dark cloud rose in and I don't feel him right now doesn't mean that he has left me or forsaken me or forgotten me. I look back at Calvary's tree and I say, nobody has loved me like Jesus. And I sing that song, God, you're all that I want. You're all that I need. Because if you're saying, well, God is good if he does this, then brothers and sisters, kindly, lovingly, gently, I'm telling you, you're going to live a roller coaster life. You're going to be up one day and down the next. He's not with me. He is with me. No, he's not. Well, I think so. Well, maybe so. Well, I hope so. No, he is with you. How do I know? Because he says in his word, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I will be with you. I don't feel him. It's okay. You know, he's there. That's not what Christ wants for us, brothers and sisters. He doesn't want us living this roller coaster. He wants us to be in union. Say union. He wants us to be in union with him because that is where he imparts to us resilience. That's where we can get back up and say, you know what? I just feel strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. Look at what Jesus said in John, I believe it is 15 and 5. This is where we're taking this whole thought from, John 15 and 5. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. And if I abide in you and you abide in me, what does that mean? Union. Then you shall ask what you will. Then you're going to bear much fruit. But if you keep reading in that verse, it says this, but without me, you can do nothing. Hey, I've been speaking for 30 years, okay, for 30 years, but I'm going to tell you something. I can't think, but maybe on one hand that I've ever gotten up and spoken without praying because I don't want to ever rely on a talent of 30 years. Why? Because without him, I'm going to fumble my words. I'm going to make a mess of myself. Even after 30 years of doing this. Why? Because without him, I can do nothing. Does that mean I can't walk? Well, understand what this is talking about. It's really talking about you can do nothing of spiritual value without the Lord. So while you're trying to do it in your own talent, that's why we say, my, that was anointed. Why? Because somebody understands I'm going to give this gift, but it's not nearly as good as when God anoints it. Come on, somebody. Why? We understand that without him, we can do nothing. So if you and I want to bear fruit in our life, spiritually speaking, then we got to realize that a tree does not bear fruit for itself. A tree bears fruit for others, but a tree cannot bear fruit for others if it's not nourished itself. 
I know what I'm about to say is going to sound selfish and kind of go against what we normally preach. But here is what I believe. If I don't take care of my own soul, it's going to be hard for me to take care of your soul. If my soul is depleted, it's going to be hard for me to give you something that I don't have. So what do I do? Even if as a pastor, I go back to the well and say, God, I poured it out Sunday morning. Now here I am Monday. I need you to pour back in so God that I can keep loving, keep giving, keep enjoying what you call me to do. But listen, you can't get resilience from a drug. You can't get resilience from alcohol. You can't get resilience from, you know, intimacy with a spouse or with a person. Resilience and strength in your innermost being only comes from God. And this is why so much of our world feels depleted. It's kind of like trying to drive a car with no gasoline. It looks good, but it's not going anywhere. Can I get a witness? See, we are literally designed, brothers and sisters, to be intertwined in union with God. And it is from that union, that, that, that coming together, it is from that itself and that place alone that we're going to be able to replenish the reserves and heal the trauma of this hour. So how do we do that, Pastor? Okay, now I'm going to pause just a minute. And I'm going to tell you this portion is going to be very practical because, again, I am very concerned about corporate worship. I want the spirit of God here, but I'm also very concerned about how you live on Monday. Are you with me? Okay, so I'm going to get very I'm going to just I'm going to slow down here and give you some practical steps. Pastor, I'm with you. Listen, I'm tracking. Now what? Here's a few things to think about. When you get up in the morning, don't look at your phone first. Because when you look at your phone first, you're automatically thrust into the chaos. Okay. I'm going to just go ahead and say it because it needs to be said. This right here is going to take a lot of good people to hell. Now, I know y'all can't say amen, but you, we all should be saying Amen. I'm going to say it again. This right here is going to take a lot of good people to hell. We preach TV. We ought to laugh at that. This right here is worse than TV ever thought about being. In two clicks, you can have some stuff on this that, dear God. Come on, somebody. What am I saying? I'm saying that this, us in this room, we don't like silence. We're not used to silence. Silence makes us feel very uncomfortable. We don't like it. So you know what we do? First thing in the morning, we pick up our phone and we check our Facebook and our Snapchat and our Instagram. We look at the news. And what I'm encouraging you to do is not do that. Don't put yourself in that chaos. I'm a morning person. You may be a night person. As a morning person, those are golden minutes. And the way that I get up and the way that I go to bed frames the day for me. So I want to make sure when I get up, I'm not looking at this stupid phone. I am going and trying to go into the throne room of God so that I can give my first fruits to the Lord. That's a very practical thing that I do, and I'm extremely faithful to that. Number two, give yourself some bandwidth, that means some space in the evening, to cut off your screens. Yeah. 
Now, I'm not always faithful to what I'm about to tell you, but I do try. I try not to eat after six o'clock. And I try not to drink a lot of caffeine after noon. Like I drink caffeine at noon, but I try not to drink it afternoon. So what do you drink? I'll drink tea or lemonade or, or milk. Now, do I always do that? No. Do, am I telling you you need to do that? No. Just a thought. Because I'm trying now to start bringing my body down. So watch yourself in the mornings with your screen. Watch yourself in the evenings with your screen. You get into the rhythm, some rhythm. So if you go to bed at nine, get up at five. That's eight hours. If you go to bed at 10, get up at six. If you go to bed at 11, get up at seven. But if you can do that, if you can keep those rhythms, it helps you get sunlight on your, uh, on your face. You say, pastor, this is practical. Yes, but you know what? You were made for nature. The sun is actually vitamin D on your face. I'm giving you good counsel because you can go to a counselor and pay $150 an hour and they're going to tell you what I'm telling you. How do you know? Because I've been there. (laughs) I know firsthand. Okay. Get sunlight on your face. Stay in rhythm. Stay in routine. Stay off of your phone in the mornings. If you're a morning person, give that to God. If you're an evening person, stay off your phone. Give those minutes to the Lord. Right? Y'all still with me? The Bible does not say live distracted and know that I am God. The Bible does not say I just read this. We are now on our phones 40 hours a week. 40 hours a week we're on our phones. The Bible does not say stay on your phone 40 hours a week and know that I am God. Come on somebody. Isaiah 30 and 15. Let's throw this scripture up. I'm hurrying. I can see y'all starting to get antsy. Okay, look at this. Isaiah 30 and 15. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. Only in returning to me. Listen to this. Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. That's a powerful verse. And then it goes on to say this. In quietness, say quietness, in quietness and confidence is what? Thumping with MJ? No. No. Quietness, something we all seem to struggle with. In quietness shall be your strength. It's going to be your confidence. Y'all with me? Brothers and sisters, it goes on. But you would have none of it. And that's where this culture is. Because they think stillness and quietness is a waste of time. What do I do? I understand that prayer takes a lot of faith. But brothers and sisters, when you get quiet... You are putting your trust in God that when I get quiet, he is going to give me strength back into my innermost being. He's going to fill up my reserve tanks so that I can go back to life and pour it back out and show compassion on people and hear the things that we hear. And still try to lift them up instead of it pushing us down. Has this made sense? Okay. 
One philosopher said this, the enemy's current plan is not to try and talk people out of the existence of God. It's just to drown it out with the noise in their life. According to the scripture, and I'm hurrying, resilience is imparted to us by our creator. I want you to look at this next passage. This is a very powerful passage. Ephesians 3 and 16, New Living Translation. I pray, I'm going to read this slow, that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with what? Through his, can't get that with the drug. He will do what? Who's going to do this? The culture? No. He will empower you through what? His unlimited resources to give you strength in your inner man. Now, look at verse 17. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you do what? Trust in him. And your roots will go down into God's love. And what's it going to do? Keep you strong. Oh my Lord. We're saying I feel weak. Well then let your roots go down deep in Christ and he's going to confirm you. You don't need the latest gadget, the latest truck, the latest this or that to be valuable. You're my daughter, you're my son, and I place extreme value on you no matter what the culture says. I'm going to strengthen you in your inner man, and you're going to remain strong. Why? Because my roots go down deep in what? His love. Look at verse 18. This is so good. And you... And may you have the power. In other words, Paul is saying, you got to get this revelation to understand. What do I need to understand, Paul? As all God's people should. How wide? How long? How high? And how deep his love is. Mm. See, our inner man is to be filled with the spirit of the living God. We talk all about all the time about the first commandment to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength. And we should love your neighbor as yourself. And we should. But we don't talk and we don't tell you that God made you to love him. But he also made you so he could love you. God wants to love you. I've done this before. And if Sister Janet was here, I'd do it again. But it's hard to love on my wife if she's running from me. It's hard to love on my wife if she's juking and a jiving. It's hard to run. It's hard to love on my wife even if she's walking away. What are you saying? In stillness and in quietness is where I get to let God love on me so that he can pour back into me what life has depleted through his spirit because my roots go down deep into his love. And he comforts me and he reminds me through his power and through his spirit that I am with you. I've got to hurry. C.S. Lewis said this. I hope they can throw it on the screen. God made us, invented us as a man invents an engine. A car is made to run on petrol and it will not run properly on anything else. 
Now God designed the human machine to run on himself. Oh, here's John 17 and 23. Look at this verse. I in them and you in me that they may be perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. What is that saying? I in them as you are in me. He's speaking about I want to be in them as God is in Christ. God doesn't want to be just around you, beside you. He wants to be in you, filling you, helping your reserves when you feel low, strengthening you when you feel weak. Does that make sense? Okay. So, Pastor, how do we get how do we get this union with God? We got to fight the war for our attention. We got to turn off the distractions. We got to learn to shut the outside off for at least 10 minutes. Okay, I'm hurrying. I want to share with you something very practical. I've been listening. I listen to podcasts, various things, and I came across this one. And this Christian leader has put together an app. It's called the One Minute Pause. And I want them to put this screenshot up on the screen for you. It's John Eldridge. He's written several best-selling books. But he created a One Minute Pause. It's free. You can go to your phone. Go to the app store and you can download for free the one minute pause. It may ask you for your email. That's it. Other than that, it's free. I've done it. I've been listening to it. And I'm going to tell you for me, it's powerful. Say, what is it? It starts showing you beautiful pictures and beautiful music starts coming. And then John Eldridge himself starts quoting the word. And this music is playing and these pictures are showing. And I'm going to just tell you, I did it today, this morning. And I just need this right now. I need to be in the presence of God right now. I'm just being transparent with you. I'm, I'm not quitting. I'm not resigning. I'm not discouraged. I just need God to replenish my reserves. And this morning I was in the presence of the Lord. And I felt his presence. And when I got up from there, I just knew that the Lord had strengthened me. And I just want to share this with you because I know it's awkward, especially for men. It's like, oh God, how do I pray? I mean, I don't like silence. I mean, what do I say? All I'm asking you to do is maybe check this app out and just see if it helps you. Because I believe if you just gave three minutes a day, it's better than nothing. Five minutes a day is better than nothing. You say, I don't know about that. Well, I mean, just keep an open mind. Maybe just try it. If you don't like it, all you got to do is delete it. I'm just trying to find ways that we can get into the presence of God. 
so that we can have a smile on our face while the world doesn't, so that we can have joy in our hearts while the world doesn't, so that we can have an answer while the world doesn't. And when they come to us, they ask, what is the hope that you have? Why are you singing? And why is there a smile on your face? And I will be able to tell them, it's because of Christ and what the Lord has done for me. Because without him, I can do nothing. I hope this is, I hope this is ministered to you. My whole title was to rest in my reality because my reality right now is very busy. Right now I am very busy and I am fighting a lot of fights on many fronts and that's not to make you feel sorry for me, I promise. It is to let you know that I know what it feels like to start losing my reserves. And I don't want to do that. And I know this culture can't replenish it. Because I was made for God. And I was made by God. And only God can do for me what I need done. So I want us to end with this song, God, you're all that I want. You're all that I've ever needed. Lord, help me know that you are near. You know, as Christians, we're always admonished, teach Sunday school, sing in the choir, teach a Bible study, run a van route, do this and do that. And all of that's good. I'm for all of that. But what we haven't taught you so well is We're not just to give to God. We're also here to receive from God. And we don't always do a good job just getting still and saying, God, I just really need you to pour back into me today. Has that made sense? Brother Mike Fontenot, some of you may know him. He called me this morning. He lost his mother. I think she was a believer and went to Bogalusa Church. But when I come up to Brother Mike this week, if they have his mother's funeral, I don't want to walk up depleted. Because he's going through a season now. I want to be able to go in there and strengthen him. Love on him. And here's what I know I can't give what I don't have. And neither can you. I love you, sweet people. I pray for you. I hold you up. But I can look in some of your eyes and tell you love God. But you're just your reserves are getting depleted and as your friend and pastor who loves you very much I'm just here to remind you kindly and gently get comfortable with quiet and just let God pour back into you so that you can be strong would you stand with me 
draw me close to you. Never let me go. I lay it all down again to hear you say that I'm your friend. You are my desire. Anybody feel like your pastor feels? Come on. No one else will do. Come on, all you got to do is just be honest. I've been honest. I've been very transparent to you today. Because nothing else can take away. Come on. To feel the warmth of your Come on, you're a guest. It's all right. Come on up to this front. Come on, everybody. Help me find a way. over there she lost her 37 year old daughter now I put that in my mind and I think about losing Molly I'm gonna tell you something there ain't no way you can make that without the help and grace of God you can I'm telling you that's why people just go do stupid stuff because they can't do it because life subtracts and depletes and robs from us and I'm going to use strong language, but yes, even rapes us. But you know what's going to help, Tammy? When we come alongside her and love on her. And let her know she's not alone. And then, Tammy, when nobody's here tomorrow, because you're not going to be in church tomorrow, but when you get home, you download that one-minute pause app, and you say, God... There's absolutely no way I can do this without losing my ever-loving mind. But through your help, I can make it. And that's why we sing, You're All I Want. Sing it. Everybody, come on.
But if you're, if you say, Pastor, you was honest with me, I'm gonna be honest with you. I just need God to touch my reserves. I just need God to strengthen me with might in my inner man. I want you to step up. I want you to come up. I want you to step up, please. It doesn't matter if you're a guest, a veteran saint, or a brand new believer. It doesn't matter. I want you to come up. I want you to come up. Doesn't mean you're backslid. Doesn't mean you're not saved. That's crazy. This means we all need more of Him. I'm going to challenge this church and I'm going to challenge all of you that stand before me. Download this app and take three to ten minutes a day if you're not doing it and just get still. Because we, we, me, I taught you pray, pray, pray. And I taught you to just pray, pray, pray. But I haven't taught you to receive. I taught you to teach Bible studies and come up here and worship. And I taught you to teach Sunday school. Be on this stage if you can sing. And I taught you to do this, 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 and this. But I haven't taught you how to receive. Shame on me. Because it don't matter how good you are. You keep pouring out. You're not going to have something to give. And we got to go back to the well that never runs dry. I didn't even get to John 17, part of my other passage, that he says this, out of your belly, or out of what that means, your innermost being, shall what? Trickle? No. Shall flow. Let's just get honest. Come on, everybody. Let's just get honest. How many Christians are you looking at? Smile on their face, and when you get up to them, you feel that river flowing. Let's all get honest here. Not a whole lot. But yet that's what God wants for us. Out of our innermost being, river flowing. How many Christians, let's all get honest, do you see living the abundant life with joy in their heart? Smile on their face. Doesn't mean that we're not saved. It just means this world is whipping up on us. And we have been taught it's all about what we do for Jesus that saves us. And I'm here to tell you we need to keep doing because faith without works is dead. But we need to take time to receive. And let God pour in to us. Does it make sense? Okay. Father, Lord, I have given your people what I felt in my spirit. Lord, I'm praying for every person. We're not having a pity party. That's juvenile. We're not having a pity party today. We're just getting honest. And we're saying, God, we want to be everything you want us to be. And we do want that river of living water flowing out of our innermost being. And we do want to live this abundant life. But we know, God, it's not all about what we do. It's also what you have done for us. So I'm challenging this church in the next 30 days to find a minute, three minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, just to get quiet. Shut off all the distractions. Maybe play some worship music. Maybe go to this app. Whatever to let you, God, pour back into us. 
so that we, Lord, can pour out to a lost, lonely, hurting humanity. And I pray for everyone that has stepped forward today. Listen to me, Lord. I'm your son. Starting today, would you, Lord, do something for each and every one of us that we cannot do for ourselves? Would you begin to restore me? Start with me. And Lord, all of your sweet people that are saying my reserves are somewhat, maybe all the way depleted. And I just need the presence of God to restore my resiliency. Lord, I thank you because I know you heard me. And I love you. Hallelujah. See, some of you are uncomfortable with this. I get it. Jesus, I love you, Lord. Jesus. Lord, breathe on us. In the name of Jesus. And lift up your hands if you're up here at this front and say, Lord, I receive everything that you have from your storehouse into my spirit. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. Do you receive God's word today? Clap your hands. You know that course, I love you, I love you. I want to end with that course. I love you, I love you, I love you, Lord. I know we have guests today. Thank you for coming. Thank you. All you sweet people, thank you. I love you. Now let's go out tomorrow with the help of the Lord and kick the devil in the teeth and say God put us at the right place at the right time so that when we get there I'll have something to say that will encourage them and they can just feel the love of God emanating from my life. Sound like a plan? I love you. Pray for me. I've got a number of things going on this week. I just need the help of the Lord. I need the strength of God. I need the wisdom of God to help me this week. And I appreciate you. Sister Lauren did a great job today. She's going to sing, I love you, I love you, I love you, Lord. You got to love on somebody.